All right. Well, Laura Lee, I'm so happy to have you featured in this interview. Um, and the I just want to direct people to previous interviews that we've done looking at your work on Lord of the Rings, the great myth of our time. And wow, mm -hmm. how, how has that turned out? It totally has become the myth of our time. Like we are blow living. by blow. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's incredible. It, it blows my mind. I mean, it really does. Uh, yeah. Well, and there's so many elements to bring in, but what I wanted to get into here with you is that I am working on this new chapter and the, it's called Underworld. Mm. And, you and I, you and I did an interview on the Underworld. We did. What I figured was this was going to be a little bit different because we're talking to people about the real Underworld of what's happening in our world. All right. Yeah. The, under, the Underworld, the black market, the... Uh, going into the sort of side of things that would be considered maybe the occult or the hidden uh, aspects mm -hmm. of this medical mm -hmm. system. Um, I believe that these uh, the, the same people that control the white market of the pharma, the medical system, the whole thing also control and run a lot of what's going on in the black market. So to me, that black market is like the underworld of that criminal enterprise. And there's so many of those elements we're going to bring in. But I wanted to bring you in to talk about how there's a connection between what's happening around us and, and in the world and also what's happening in each and every one of us that we as individuals um, are going through an underworld experience. And Boy, this was, are we ever. Aren't we? And, <laughs> and this was uh, brought out a lot in a lot of the ancient myths and legends and stories. Mm -hmm. And there are many elements yeah. in stories like Lord of the Rings that are like this. But mm -hmm. um after that introduction, wh where's your mind on that, and on the connection between this hero's journey going into the underworld and what we are all experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. Well, um, first of all, the descent to the underworld journey is associated with the planet Pluto astrologically. So what I've been looking at pretty intensely over the last couple of months is uh, where is Pluto operating in uh, the charts, the birth charts of countries like Canada, the United States, Russia, Ukraine? I've also been looking at the provinces, BC, Alberta, um, and just to see wh what is it that is activating what we see in the external. So the two planets, the two planetary archetypes that deal with what we understand to be the underworld, which is the shadow, that what is hidden in the shadows. So Saturn deals with the personal shadow, that which is unconscious within the individual. Pluto deals with the collective shadow. So the degree to which the collective shadow um, operates is the degree to which individuals are unconscious of their own shadow because the, the personal shadow, when it is unconscious, gets projected out into the outer world. So we, as all the human beings on Earth, all the personal shadows <laughs> that are undealt with, unconscious, undigested contents are being called up to the surface because we are in this, what I really think is the battle at the Black Gate, the great battle of our time. Um, 
I think that what we're seeing is a culmination of thousands, if not millions of years of spiritual evolution, if you want to use that term. But the bottom line is we are confronting an enemy, just like Lord of the Rings, um, that it is coming for us all. I mean, this thing is on the march and it's dressed up in the costumes um, and the regalia that conforms to our particular time. And uh, but the the thing itself is the same evil. So the same evil that has been this anti-life force that has been around, you know, from the beginning, whenever that was. Um, we are in a spiritual war. We have been in a spiritual war for millennia. And it seems to me, and this is, you know, based on a lot of the astrological dynamics that are at work, that this is like the final battle. Um, now, whether it means the la- very last one, I don't know. But I, I have a sense that this is culminating right now. And that this next three years from 2022 to 2025, when Pluto finally fully enters Aquarius, that we are going to be doing battle. And just from everything that's been erupting, I mean, even in the last couple of weeks, all of this talk about snakes, Pluto is, is the planet that rules Scorpio. The symbolism associated with Scorpio is serpents, snakes, the shedding of the skin. This is uh, connected with the metamorphosis aspect of Pluto and of the symbolism of the descent to the underworld journey. That the the imagery in the myth of Anana's descent, when she goes to the underworld and is killed by her sister Ereshkigal and hung on the meat hook, her skin literally peels off. She she her body rots on the meat hook and and her skin falls off. <laughs> so she's shedding the old skin. And the symbolism of the snake shedding its skin is metamorphosis, just like the butterfly is also a symbol associated with Pluto, Scorpio, and the descent to the underworld journey. Because what happens after three days of Anana being uh, rotting on the meat hook in the underworld, she is resurrected and returns to the heavenly realms renewed resurrected she is new and the the journey to the underworld as it is represented particularly in different myths but because i love the lord of the rings so much um we saw in that story aragorn after he receives the the um reforged blade so after the healing of the castration wound he to become the king what is the first thing he has to do he has to go to the underworld so this underworld journey is really a process of metamorphosis that every individual has to do 
in in terms of their own inner work, their inner transformation, becoming a whole human being, conscious human being, it is a metamorphosis. It is like the caterpillar becoming the butterfly or the snake shedding its skin. So these symbols and images are uh, around us and especially right now. And looking at the the particular charts that the, um, that I mentioned, and you know the one that looks the most scary to me is Canada. Yeah, yeah like st- coming in um, in May, around the twentieth of May, Uranus will be conjunct Pluto in the Canada chart. Pluto is opposed to Saturn in Scorpio. So there's a whole lot of things I think about ready to blow right here in little old Canada. And we already saw, we already saw the awakening of the Promethean spirit. It, it, and is that what Canada, that trucker convoy would have been absolutely. for you symbolically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The awakening of the Promethean spirit, because the myth of Prometheus is associated with the sign of Aquarius, where Saturn is now traveling. And we had this uh, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction on the winter solstice of 2020 in Aquarius. That was like the lighting of the Promethean torch. And and the the whole story of Prometheus is representing what happens in the human psyche when life itself is threatened. It is a force of nature. And Uranus is the planet that rules Aquarius. Uranus is the light. So Uranus is like the light of the Promethean torch. So when the the life force is threatened there is something that rises up in the human psyche to to stand against that which is evil or anti-life and the the hero's journey the descent to the underworld the myths that are um related to that and that describe that part of the hero's journey is evident it's certainly in Lord of the Rings, because each of the characters has to undergo their own journey to the underworld in order to rise to their greatness. And my sense is that after, you know, we are now in the aftermath of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that took place in January of 2020, which was the launching of this boil lancing process. So that was the the recognition. So so a boil is, you know, the the image of the uh, toxic, poisonous crap <laughs> that comes together in one big ugly blob. And it is it becomes obvious. A boil is, it's pretty obvious. It's no longer hidden in the body. It comes right right up to the surface, this big glob. And that means it is 
seen, it is recognized, and it's painful. And this is what got started in 2020. We began to see that something toxic, poisonous, and evil, anti-life, it has come to the surface. It's unveiled itself. It's no longer a secret. And, and it's this particular time in human history where this is possible. It's never been possible before, has it? Because mm -hmm. we, we haven't had the kind of global communications um, that we've been able to talk to one another around the world. And this, this whole march of evil is global. It's not happening at, you know, just one country or one little area. This is everywhere. It's an attack on humanity at large. So, so the 2020, 2020 event of Saturn and Pluto, both of which represent the shadow, that which is hidden, that which is in the darkness, and anything that is suppressed into the unconscious will become toxic. It will fester down there. Because the nature of the psyche is to be free, is to be healed, is to have that which is unconscious come into consciousness so that it can be integrated. And then it's that metamorphosis of transforming the toxic material and turning it into the light. And then we are free to fly, so to speak. We're no longer in bondage to that which we are unconscious of. So the descent to the underworld is, is about bringing the, the light, the, the torch of Prometheus into the darkness. And Inanna, when she descends into the underworld, she is the goddess of light. She, she is the bringer of life and love to the world. So when she goes into the underworld, she is the light. She's bringing the light to the darkness. And that's what awakens Ereshkigal to her own suffering. And then out of her own suffering, she finally allows Inanna's body to be returned to the heavenly realms. And hence, we have the metamorphosis. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. I knew you were exactly the right person to bring on to talk about this because <laughs> this, is, uh, this is huge. And, and it is huge when you're when you're relating this to these myths and these stories, and then we're going, we're zooming out to the collective psyche and then back to the individual. I think that's yeah. actually, even some people might find that confusing when they first start thinking like this, but it actually mm -hmm. helps to explain everything. In my opinion, if you, mm -hmm. if people can understand what's being said is that it's the old principle of, you know, as above, so below, as within, so exactly. without, as the universe, so the soul, there's this process where there's a, there's a much deeper connection between each and every one of us and this planet and the mm -hmm. energy and the spirit of this planet and also this entire universe that we live in and yeah regardless. and even it is the whole universe and we're all experiencing mm -hmm. this 
transitionary time together on this planet. And a lot of people feel like they're a victim in that state. Like there's nothing we can do. It's so big and dark and evil and powerful and ancient. Yeah. What can little old me do? And mm -hmm. what I'm trying to show people with this and what the information you're breaking down is that what's happening in the world is a reflection of what's happening in each and every one of us. That's and right. just as in your own personal life, your greatest strides forward, uh, the greatest progress you're ever going to have in any area is going to come after confronting a challenge of some kind. Mm -hmm. And that, that is a very, a mini example of this underworld cycle where in order for the hero to be called up from within you, where you're going to activate all the different abilities that you have, um, you need the villain, you need the counterpart, mm -hmm. you need the antagonist, you need that mm -hmm. opposer. And that's yep. what this world is going through. So as much as we all hate what's happening, trust me, mm -hmm. I hate it. I, I, yeah. I wish I could me talk too. about, you know, something else. Happy but, things. <laughs> exactly. But, but the happy point is to realize that this is a process of going mm -hmm. from dark to light. This isn't just something that happens like you're turning a light on. It takes time mm -hmm. because there is the cleansing process that has to happen. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be able to just get rid of this tyranny that we're seeing by simply changing up the leadership. I mean, that could be a oh, no. help, but there, if we don't solve this crisis that's within each and every one of us in our own being, mm -hmm. we are the ones that make up this world. So we could keep changing the costumes all we want in our leadership. Yeah. And here we are going to continue to be victims, quote unquote, uh, self, self-afflicted victims to this tyranny, because we have to go through this process of seeing the darkness, seeing that yeah. oh, there is a boil now rising to the surface on the skin mm -hmm. that must be taken care of. And you wouldn't have even known it was there until it became visible. That's and right. the process of rinsing it out and eradicating it mm -hmm. permanently. Like that's the point is that you're not just yeah. trying to put a bandaid on something. You want to get to the root of it to eliminate it. So it doesn't come mm -hmm. back again. That's and right. That, that's what humanity has to accomplish. And we can't mm -hmm. accomplish it just as a group. We have to accomplish it on an individual level mm -hmm. that will then cause mass change. Did I get that mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Right on the mark. And the the notion of kingship and queenship comes into this as well. Because mm -hmm. if we as individuals are not rising to our greatness within ourselves by virtue of confronting the personal shadow, then we're going to be projecting out not only the the um shadow that is the bad stuff like oh look at those bad people over there doing bad things um no it's about aw awakening the inner king for a man and queen for a woman and if that doesn't happen then not only do we project the dark part of the shadow but we also project the the good part for example if we're, if as individuals, we don't rise to our own greatness, we project that out and onto others, undeserving, usually undeserving individuals who, who are pretending to be authorities or powerful figures in the world. And I think the best example of this is Donald Trump. You know, he comes onto the scene and just because of his personality and his personal birth chart, which is really amazing, he was able to carry 
that archetype, the archetype of the king. So whenever there there is um, this aspect is unconscious in the culture, then there is a need to bring it into consciousness. So projection is the process by which we become conscious of what is unconscious. So if you don't know this within yourself, then we project it out in order to see it reflected back to us so that we can integrate it. Right. So, and if you, if you didn't know this process, then we will constantly be projecting the task that each and every one of us has to deal with outwards. And that is right. how these uh, puppet puppeteers can yeah. keep everybody on strings and keep directing our attention because yeah. they know that most people, and they work hard to keep us there. Most people are disempowered. Yes. Um, yeah. Infantilized. And it, exactly. We're, we're dumbed down. We're infantilized. Mm -hmm. We need, you know, the constant, the illusion of comfort and security from the, the government, the authority. Mommy and, and daddy. Um, exactly. And that's how they play this game is by, mm -hmm. this is what I'm trying to get into with this idea of a cult of emetics is that yeah. they are trying to take a maternal role where they're saying you as an individual cannot achieve optimal health on your own by oh, simply no. growing things in your backyard and having a healthy life. You can't do that. Yeah. You God need forbid. us. No, no, you need, yeah, exactly. You need the experts. You need to trust the science, Laura Lee. You got to trust the science yeah. and trust us. And these are the sort of worm tongue characters in the media yeah. that are telling you. Mm -hmm. And the whole message is you're just a little plebs. You're just a little speck of dust in the universe. You let us, uh, the archons, you know, the rulers, yeah. they're going to tell you what to think, what to put in your body. And this is why I think we're seeing such a push for more overt draconian mm -hmm. tyranny. And do you think that's correlated to where we're at with what you're seeing in the charts and everything? And Definitely. that's even a repeating pattern that we can pull mm -hmm. out of the ancient myths and legends. Cause you imagine the ancient mm -hmm. myths and legends weren't just a bunch of fairy tales. They were based on real events and then extrapolated yeah. into myth later. That's so right. If we have all this information from our ancestors who've been through this many times, we're back mm -hmm. to that cycle again, are we? And that's why, mm -hmm. just as you said, the darkness and the truth is coming to light mm -hmm. that forces that those interspecies predators to go to that next level where they have to be more overt in their tyranny and what their mm -hmm. real agenda is. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing it in Canada. We're seeing it. This is yeah. one of the things I actually liked about this trucker convoy was it actually showed Canada the true face of our government here. Yeah. And that was a necessary process. Uh, even though we haven't gotten any rectification or justice out of that yet, yeah. the process of shining a light on it. And now, look, Trudeau and all these leaders are now more and more overtly acting in that tyrannical manner. So that is another sign of what you're saying is that it's as this is being revealed, they have to come out and show who they are. And that is why this is ultimately going to be a positive result because evil will trip on its own shoelaces and fall on its own sword in the end, won't it? Absolutely it will. That That's because it it is not, it's against life. It eats life. And it has it has no life of its own. And this is becoming apparent. You know, it's just it's so absurd at this point, the, the pretending that's going on. And and this this idea of the Promethean spirit and this bringing of the light. Uh, I mean, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow.
So, so when the light is really bright, uh, and it is becoming bright, I mean, we human beings are being awakened, whether we like it or not, under this experience of the awakening of the Promethean spirit, because it is something built in to the human psyche. It's built in. It is a force of nature. And because we're like conduits for that, we're conduits. Yeah. That's why we're seeing Uh this on all the different levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it has come over millennia. I mean, all the things that Michael talks about and you talk about in this, this uh, idea of, of like an ancient wound, an ancient trauma, the, this, we've been traumatized over and over and over again. And just the the knowledge of psychology that we have now um, about just how damaging early trauma can be, childhood trauma, for example. But then you look at, well, okay, let's say you had um, an abusive childhood. That's certainly going to be traumatizing. And, and you're going to have to deal with that issue, that wound for your entire life. It's, it's a wound that never fully heals. It simply comes into consciousness where you deal with it almost on a daily basis. And it's out of the tending of that wound that wisdom flows. We are all being required to do wound tending right now because we all have this ancient trauma that has never even been contemplated before. Certainly not at the level that it's being revealed now. Um, thanks to the work of Michael Sarian and you know and and you and between the two of you on Unslaved, just really unpacking this thing so systematically over a long period of time. I mean that's never been done. So people um, have never really had the opportunity to even contemplate what that means. And so we have, you know, in other areas of psychology, I'm thinking um, Gabor Mate's work on trauma and and other people, you know, like him who deal specifically with the, the effects of trauma on individuals. But we have been traumatized as a collective and that's the Pluto part. So we have the Saturn, the personal wounds, the personal shadow, and then we have Pluto, the collective wound and the collective shadow. So this has never been available to us before to even think about. So, And isn't there a point to there where you know, you've seen this term going around of mass formation psychosis? Yes. You know, this kind of, and I, I was shocked that that term started to trend on Twitter after Dr. Robert Malone started talking yeah. about it. Although it did originate from a professor from Europe. Matthias. Matthias Desmond. Yeah. Is, is, Desmond. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was just basically giving a new term to something that we've talked about a lot, which is just collective hysteria, uh, ma- mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the public mind as Edward yeah, the crowd, the yeah. crowd psychology mm-hmm. yeah. and how these sort of soothsayers know how to use their, Oracle, their media oracle, to mm-hmm. install, and, so, and not even just install, but to actually reactivate that ancient trauma and those yeah. traumas, and even the traumas of someone's personal life, and bring it into a collective event or a collective fear of something. It could be asteroids, mm-hmm. alien invasion, terrorism, yeah. pandemics. Sure. 
climb all of the above, all of the above at <laughs> once, uh, you know, hitting you from every angle to pull at your deep fear that you're going to lose control. And so then you got to go mm -hmm. and trust these guys to take care of you. And, um, yet here we are where that actually came out. Like most of these types of psychological subjects are not of interest to the general public, but you know no. why it's of interest? Because we all just went through it and we're watching it. We're watching people we know and love mm -hmm. uh, go down a psychological spiral where now, you know, there's still wearing their masks to bed at night. You know, they can't get those <laughs> things off their face if you tried to force it. Like, it's like they're, they've, they've formed an attachment to an illusion of security. Yes. Which is, some, is a sign of psychological trauma. So people were traumatized by this event, this whole pandemic. But it was piled on top of past mm -hmm. trauma. Yeah. And so as you're saying, this is a time, the whole time that we're in is this age of revealing. Well, yeah. it's not just going to reveal all the happy things. It's going to reveal uh, this trauma and the traumas that we've all been through so that we can, we can rise above that. That's what the hero's journey really is all about, right? Mm -hmm. And it's going to reveal the truth. That's right. That has never been able to to come forward in the way that it is now that's the promethean torch that will not be extinguished they, they are not going to put this toothpaste back in the tube no there, way it's you know there is no way back from here you know we're we're going to to the battle like it or not and it, it's as I refer to over and over again, this is the battle at the Black Gate. And, and we're going to win it, humanity. aren't we? We're going to yeah, win it. Yeah, we are, eventually. <laughs> well, I have a question connected to that, but just uh, one thing I wanted to read to you, um, just to get your take on it, is this quote, this fantastic quote that I've had with me for a long time from Shwala Dulubich. <gasps> and yeah. I just wanted your take on this because one angle that, I want to introduce to people is we've been told by the mainstream version of history that hu humanity started as this primitive, you know, well, we were born in some kind of primordial soup and then it, eventually we evolved from monkeys and then we've, we've been evolving from this primitive state upwards ever since. So this, we started as these little creatures, right? And then we grew into what we are now, which in the scientific world, they still talk down to us. They're like, yeah, you guys, you didn't really make it. We're going to have to put a technology in you. And yeah, we're going to have to fix robots. you. <laughs> we're going to have to fix you because apparently nature and God, you know, they make mistakes all the time, but man can solve it, right? But anyways, my, this perspective from Swallow Dilubich turns that whole paradigm on its head and it says, guess what? They're missing entire chapters of human history and they've got it all wrong. So a quick read for it and I love your thoughts. He says, what good is the science that destroys itself? What purpose in awakening every morning for a wearisome daily struggle to reach the evening in a state of exhaustion, to reach the agony of such an empty life? As long as cerebral intelligence governs the world, it will be dominated by beings of inferior mentality. For man's life will be but a struggle of force and power, struggle of vanity, struggle of wealth, struggle for an existence whose aim is warped. But man is not a beast. He is animated. Man is the epitome of the cosmos, a creature housing the divine spark. Man is not an evolved amphibian, an animal form that became what we are. 
man is perfect at his origin, a divine being who has degenerated into what we are. Mm, beautiful. That? Wow. Well, that, uh, that encompasses the whole thing. Um, I mean, he's just put in a nutshell there uh, exactly what is going on now. And I would say um, that mythology and the characters, the gods and goddesses in mythology are, are the embodiments of these qualities that are associated with each of the gods and goddesses, but in, in image form. And this has, it's the only way that you could pass on that wisdom because there it's it's been going on for millennia and different languages and different cultures but it's all the same story it's a story of transformation of death for the purpose of rebirth and the battles of the gods in the various myths from around the world are all about the the battles that go on within the human psyche, both personally and collectively, of these archetypal potentials, these forces of nature. And we can relate to that in the form of characters and stories, because in each character and each myth, there's millions of years of knowledge, of wisdom about what that you've just described, that we are not you know, we didn't come from amphibians or monkeys. Uh, um, we are embodiments, concretizations, if you will, of this divine spark that comes from the center of the universe. It's the light. It's an electromagnetic energy. And that is what's symbolized by Prometheus Torch. It's a, another thing that's really interesting. Um, the the image associated with Aquarius, again, that has the myth of Prometheus, the image is of the water bearer. They call it the water bearer. And it's a symbol or it's an image of a man with an urn pouring water out of it. But it's not water that's coming out of that urn. It's light. So So the message is, hey, everybody, we are made of light. And we are physical creatures. We are incarnations in physical form of the light, the, the life force of the universe. And it has taken us this long to be able to kind of pull together this, these stories that go back for millennia. I mean, just like Tolkien did. It, the Lord of the Rings is a... Uh, condensation of myths from the northern European peoples, the peoples of the Arctic homeland, right. condensed and into one story. But it's it's an ancient story, and that using the languages he Tolkien, um, the story came to him through his study of the languages the sounds. So we've got sound that comes through the language and that activates the image component of 
the psyche. So sound. Because when you hear when you hear a word, you you immediately are putting images in your mind of what that conjures up an image. Yeah. 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 So um, what the quote that you you just read there, I think, is so profound because in in that you know couple of sentences, he's just nailed it. You know, here we are. We are now being called to our greatness as individual humans and as a collective, because if we don't rise to our greatness, then the forces of evil will destroy everything because that's what evil does. It just eats everything. Uh, It's vampiric. And so we are at this critical point in human evolution. It's um, in, in evolutionary theory, uh, it's called punctuated equilibrium. So that's it. like right. in the fossil record where you, you see, you know, things are going along pretty, you know, oh yeah, little changes, blips here and there. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's like some major uh, cataclysm that shows up right in the, you know, in the rock formation. Well, I think it's the same in the psyche that we have been evolving, you know, as as creatures to become these awakened uh, equivalent of elves. <laughs> and and uh, now we're at the threshold. Now it's it's the time to really take action action in the real world to stand against this force of evil, this destructive vampiric force. And it and, seems like we need to be pushed up to the edge of extinction practically yeah. in order for this process to start. It's as if for human beings, for whatever reason, I think it's just because many people are good natured and they just want to live their lives and they don't want to have to think it. They're like the, I think of them as the hobbits, the hobbits. Uh, yeah. You know, where they just want to have their, their cake parties and drink beer and smoke weed. Live happily ever after. Hey, it's all fun. But I mean, yeah. then all of a sudden you've got a bunch of orc armies at your gates ready to uh-huh. subjugate you. Uh, you know, you, it, it takes that to force these characters into a place that they never otherwise would have been and to become heroes and to go through the trials of a hero. And humanity is going through that trial right now. And we needed an adversary like this, whether they yeah. know it or not, they're just doing that what they do, but, yeah. and they'll destroy themselves in the end. That's what people oh, need to yeah. understand when they're like, well, aren't they going to destroy the world for themselves too? Yep. They want to burn uh-huh. it all down. Yeah. Trust me uh, that cause they're burning inside. So they're going to project that into the world. So, um, they, they don't think rationally the way maybe you might. And so when you see that, you realize, well, we wouldn't be capable of moving forward and evolving the way everybody describes it. Like, how, when can we get rid of all these wars and all this poverty and all this destruction to the environment and all these? Well, you can't get rid of external plagues until you deal with the internal plagues. Yeah. And you're not even going to think about it dealing with any kind of internal plague until you're pushed up against the precipice. And that's why I feel like this idea of only at the precipice will humanity change. Well, it's, that's just a function of nature. And Mm -hmm. here we are and we, it's a make or break situation and it has to be because if it wasn't, and there was another way out, humanity would take that easy way out and Mm -hmm. we can't, there has to be all the doors closed. It's you survive or you don't. 
Yeah. What's the choice? And you know, that's where we're at. That's how I see it. That's why we're up at such a, that's why it looks so incredibly horrific right now. And everybody's mm-hmm. feeling hopeless and everything else. So maybe Laura Lee, before we wrap it here, cause this is already just fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to encourage people during this time of darkness? Well, watch Lord of the Rings <laughs> because it, it's, te- uh, I mean, it's telling the whole story of where we're at now dressed in different costumes. We are doing the battle now. And we know the ending because the, of the story tells us, look, that it, right to the very last minute, it looks like they can't possibly win. You know, that this enemy is so huge, so enormous, so overwhelming that how can a little bunch of, you know, hobbits, men and elves and dwarves, uh, you know, overcome this thing? It's it's like maturation. You know, I think at the spiritual level or at this evolutionary level, um, we're, we're going through like an adolescence kind of experience. we've been kept infantilized all of this time that's how they've been able to keep their their uh, their thing going by keeping everyone infantilized and and so now it's time to grow up and to take pick up your sword that symbol of the phallic masculinity of the the power of the fertilizing force of the universe that we have to each step up to meet whatever it is within ourselves that prevents us from being an adult from moving out of that infantile place where we want mommy and daddy to look after us so we can just be happy little hobbits in the shire and and never have to really deal with what has been on the march for millennia because this thing that we're confronting is not a new thing it didn't just pop up in 2020 this this has been as you've outlined so well in your series and by the way the i think one of the most important things that you unveiled um in in your series so far is the the issue of the child sex trafficking hmm. the and the satanic aspect of all of this yeah. and that it, that is so shocking to most people who who have never contemplated things of this nature and i i know because i've tried to bring it up with uh, normies and it, it's so like terrifying so unbelievable to them that it's just they just slam the door like no that can't be not going to talk about it don't even tell me about it anymore so that's like a child you know saying well you know don't tell me there's not a santa claus it's it's this terror that comes from this original wound because if if you have to really face the fact that there is an enemy coming for you. 
for all of us as individuals. Well, that requires something within. That requires growing up, picking up your sword, and standing your ground in the truth of what is happening. And this, this is the hero's journey. This is the ultimate hero's journey that we're in right now. We've had low practice ones along the way, um, but this is the big one. And it's, it's going to probably go on for the next three years until Pluto goes into Aquarius. And then I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> exactly. But I think that much of the battle will have taken place. And we're seeing it already. I mean, it's escalating. Oh, yeah. It's and yeah. And the the symbolism is coming out more and more. So it's activating the imaginal and the mythical. Just all this discussion about snakes. I mean, what does that evoke? Uh, it's there, amazing when you think about it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that symbol alone. And how coincidental, Laura Lee, is it? That as I mm -hmm. was discussing all the symbolism in the medical world coming mm -hmm. from the ancient world and you start asking those questions, just think about that, guys. All the symbols in the books, they chose mm -hmm. the serpentine symbolism yeah. and the crosses, which are all unfolded pyramids and the whole thing. Uh -huh. And you go, wow, what's up with that? Right. And yeah. now we're actually finding little bits of peptides from snakes in a lot of drugs, medications. We're realizing yeah. how much it's in pesticides and, and who knows what. And the symbol is of a serpent of the World Health Organization and many yep. of these other organizations. I and mean, the wow, it's right in front of our face, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like it's, it's to the point now that it, it, for anyone who has been looking into these things for a while, it's like so obvious. But for those who who have not been on the journey as you know you you, you and I have and others like us um it evokes something in the imagination so all you have to do is say snake okay to someone what is it it conjures up fear because just about everybody is afraid of snakes i mean it's we're wired to be afraid of snakes that's you know that's in our primal you know, neurophysiological wiring. I mean, you don't run over and say, oh, look at that cute little snake. I'm going to, you know, go and pet it and everything. Um, it, you, you would have, if you were walking along, say, on the trail or out in the desert or whatever, and, and you saw a rattlesnake, your nervous system would just go, you know, uh oh, oh, yeah. danger, danger, danger. So the, the, imagery just the word evokes something very deep and it activates the um the fight flight freeze mechanism so that then if if we are awakened if if that whole circuit the fight flight freeze circuit goes off for whatever reason i mean there's a whole flood of emotions and images that come along with that we we can't right. separate these primal uh responses to things from the psyche 
So every feeling, every emotion, everything that goes on physiologically has a, a correlate in the psyche that comes in the form of an image. And those images are what have followed through mythology. For example, the god of war. Well, that's Mars. What is that connected with? Fight, flight, freeze. So, so the, the, the myths and the stories tell us or teach us really, okay, what do you do when the fight, flight, freeze mechanism goes off? Well, you, you learn how to, first of all, come, you know, come back into the prefrontal cortex so you can think about what to do. It's like, instead of just going, you know, and, and behaving like an, um, you know, an animal, an animal, uh, you know, cowering in the corner or, or fighting back, um, you have that ability to say, oh, okay, you know, I just saw a snake and whoa, I'm feeling afraid right now. Um, but do you just go into some panic <laughs> or do you go, oh, okay, so what do I do now? Uh, there's a snake, it might bite me, it, that could be potentially fatal. So what kind of action do I take? So here we are as human beings uh, on the abyss, <laughs> just like Eowyn in Lord of the Rings. She's standing on the edge of an abyss. Yeah. And she has to wait. She has to pause. She knows there's a light behind her. but she cannot turn to look. She's waiting. That is processing. Okay, here I am on the edge of the abyss. There's a big wave coming over that's going to wipe everything out. And I have to wait here until I get the clarity of what kind of action to take. I don't run around like a, a crazy person or a crazed animal. Um, we are undergoing this initiation as humanity at large and it is a metamorphosis that's why pluto is all over the place in all of these charts and and in the people who are uh the you know characters on the world stage right now both the the evil ones and the and the good guys so to speak it's Pluto and Saturn all over the place. I mean, it's just amazing. So, so the correlation then between um, what is happening on the ground, real life, in the body, physical plane, the realm of matter, is now, we're now meeting the realm of spirit in matter. So this is like the coming together of spirit and matter. And and thinking of spirit or the soul or the imaginal, this is our time of awakening to the fact that we aren't just, you know, creatures, animals, and and we're not, um, but we're not spirits either. We are a combination of spirit and matter, and matter. Um, is our physical body, and the spirit is what we encounter in the imaginal, because everything comes from the imagination. 
There is nothing that is in the so-called real world, the realm of matter, that, that does not come from spirit or the imaginal. Everything humans have created, all that is in the world that is built by humans started in the imagination. And I think where we as humans are just beginning to really grasp what that means so that we can navigate that territory. Because we don't want to become overwhelmed by the imaginal because then you're psychotic. Right. And you have no capacity to mediate what you encounter in the imaginal into the real world. But, you know, we're having to learn how to do this right now. And this is the solution. This is why huh. I was saying, you know, the way out is in. Like, yeah. it, it, we think we have to physically change things. And there are, there's, a, there's an extent to that that's true, that you can cause change. You know, just think of these different movements that are happening right now and what we're doing. We're, we're sharing information. But when you understand that there's, as the, ancient, the ancients would have said, there's the world of cause and there's the world of the effects. Mm -hmm. And we're always addressing things in the world of effects, wondering why we can't change things. And it's a vicious cycle. And that's because we didn't address the fact that it cut, there's a causal realm, if you will. And if we, that's why we deal in the world of the psyche and in the spirit and all of that is because that's where the real work needs to be done so that the, the effects take place on the, the real world stage or the world of effects, so to speak. But you have to deal with things at the cause. You've got to get to the root of it. And that's yes. why that, that concept of seeking the truth is so important. Mm -hmm. is that that's that's what that process is is what you're saying is you have to go through the the, the path to the truth is the hero's journey towards mm -hmm. addressing the root and and understanding where the cause of things comes from mm -hmm. and then the 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 veil the maya the illusion gets lifted and the truth mm -hmm. is revealed and it's a painful process i know that in my own personal yeah. life boil lancing uh, it's boil lancing it's a painful process but when you do it you're reborn like that phoenix yes. like that eagle that has to you know, re-sprout its wings or, or all these different, these stories. Inanna returning. Inanna returning. Exactly. And so yeah. here we are doing that right now in real time. And even mm -hmm. though it looks dark, you got to sit back, see the big picture and go, wow, what an amazing time to be alive. Yeah. Well, and, and the going to the root, that's what happens when Inanna goes to the underworld. She goes down deep into the ground. And that she has to go through seven gates. These seven gates represent the chakras. So she's going, beginning from the crown, going down to the root chakra. Well, what is at the root chakra? And in the imagery of Ereshkigal, it's the undigested terror, rage, and grief. We have to descend down into the root to be present to the terror, rage, and grief that has not been brought to consciousness, that has been repressed. And Inanna, as she is the goddess of life and love and light, she brings that light to Ereshkigal. And it is in that moment after Ereshkigal kills her and realizes, oh no, I've just killed my own sister, who is the bringer of life and love to the world. That's not good. So she goes into this terrible period of mourning 
and grieving. And she's rolling on the ground in agony over this realization that out of her own undigested terror, rage, and grief, she has killed the life and love of the universe. So, so all of us now are being brought down, pulled down in to the recognition of our own little pile of undigested terror, rage, and grief, most of, most of which we have inherited from our ancestors. Because what is not brought to consciousness within a family system simply gets rolled on out into the next generation. So you can follow this back, you know, generation to generation to generation. I mean, ancient wounds that have never been dealt with, trauma that gets passed on because nobody was ever able to actually bring it to consciousness and work through it and overcome that bondage to terror, rage, and grief and to all the... Um, the, the mechanisms, the psychological defenses that we use to cover that up, to keep papering that over. It's like, oh, I don't want to go down there. Don't want to feel those unpleasant feelings. So they get, you know, papered over, then passed on to the next generation until there is It's usually one member of a family uh, sometimes two, depending on how many, or more than that, depending on how many children there are. But usually there's one member of the family. And what I've seen in, in charts is uh, it's usually somebody who's the Plutonian. <laughs> the Plutonian of the family. Somebody's got a strong Pluto or a lot of Scorpio or eighth house or influences that highlight this uh, metamorphosis kind of thing. And that will be the person in that family system who will carry the family shadow and and who will be the black sheep and the the bad girl or the bad boy or the rebel or whatever you want to call it because they're called upon to bring that into the light to say hey everybody you know look at this this has been going on for generations we need to digest this we need to be conscious that there is some wound that has not been dealt with that's been festering in the dark corner of the basement for generations and generations and we now have the tools to do that and we have all the mythology particularly lord of the rings that shows us exactly what's going on and what we need to do so all the tools are there for us now in a way that's never happened before and we have this network now forming of uh, Prometheans, let's say, from around the world. It's the and World this, Fellowship. Fellowship of the Ring. We got to bring it to Mordor and get rid of it forever. Yeah, and it's not a. Uh, um, what I love also about the 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 idea of the fellowship is that it's not like you know we all have to be the same. It's each group, you know, have to, they, they have to be themselves. Elves are not going to become like dwarfs and dwarfs are not going to become like elves. It's not like, okay, you guys, you, we all have to now be the same. No, no. We have to find what is our particular path and 
saddle up with others of like mind to come together, overcome the little internecine squabbles, race and gender and all this stuff. Um, Elves, dwarves, hobbits, and men have to be themselves and be aligned with their particular heritage or racial group or whatever you want to call call it and come together to work together, but not to to be forced to be like everybody else. Right. To maintain the beautiful, unique qualities that you were given as gifts instead yeah. of trying to melting pot everybody into one thing. That's right. The only the only force in the world that would want that is something that wants to rule through the ring of power, the one ring yeah. to rule them all. One ring to rule them all. Yeah. A collective hive. That's what they want. That's what this great reset is. That's what this That's whole right. new world order thing always has been, was yeah. to subjugate humanity through the illusion of security and uh, get rid of your connection to the planet, to each other, by making it look like we're becoming one, we're becoming yeah. one. But the reality is you're not. You're actually dis diluting the self. You're diluting yeah. the qualities and the gifts that made you strong. And that's a weakening process that this, these dark sorcerers are very good at. And mm -hmm. that medical system is part of that. On oh, the biological, oh, is it ever? Right. Think of the attacks on to me, the medics and the, you know, the, the pharma and they're also even the agriculture and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole process is the biological attack. But then there's also the psychological attack that mm -hmm. comes from the media, from, yeah. you know, these different orgs. The and mouth then of Sauron. The mouth of Sauron. Right. And then, you know, you could look at a spiritual sort of attack as well on the cosmic level. And when you realize what what you're up against there. That's not to scare everybody. That's to say, now that you know what you're up against, now you can, just like you said with that, you come across a rattlesnake in the desert. Mm -hmm. You have that moment. This is very strong in the martial art tradition of how to yes. find, a, find a calm place, like the eye of the tornado, right? A mm -hmm. calm place during chaos, during uh, a crisis. Mm -hmm. And when you get practice with that, you're not going to flip out every time something happens during this war that we're in. And as I think you're right, we're, it's going to increase. It's going to help you find a, a place of refuge within that yeah. gives you the strength you need to get through it. And when you, when you can do that, you shut down that voice of fear, which is usually lying to you. And mm -hmm. then you're listening to the true voice of, of yourself. And at that moment, you're empowered to act in a right manner and to do the right thing and to, and to actually achieve victory in that moment or get around that obstacle. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Well, Laura Lee, there's so many places to go from here. Sadly, <laughs> we've already run out of time. It, it okay. flies so quickly when I'm talking to you, we'll have to do this again, but I just want to thank Love you it. so much. Uh, you've oh, nailed it. You. I've got so many things to work with here. This is perfect. And um, I I'm really glad that we got to feature you in this interview. Thanks for doing it. Oh, thank you. I'm honored and just, uh, yeah, so appreciate your work in all of this. Uh, the Cult of the Medics is is a masterpiece. Oh, thank and, you. Well, yeah, uh, I think it's really going to blow the doors off um, as time goes on because this you've really put it together in such a way that it's very clear, it's very easy to digest uh, i mean seeing it all oh yeah like there's this and then that and oh my god and this and that and this and that it, it's um we need that kind of like how you bring together the images the, the myths and the the history like we need that 
Oh, I'm glad it's, I mean, that was my goal was to just mm-hmm. say, I just need to put this out in a way that people can watch and, and mm-hmm. make it bigger than most films on these subjects, which are typically just, which are great, but are typically just looking at, oh, this company did this and this government did that yeah. and that agency. It, you need to do that. But then when you add this level, the, the myth, mm-hmm. the psychological, mm-hmm. the history, the whole thing, I feel like it'll have more impact. So thank you for that. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad that now I've got your voice in here uh, to add more because I think this discussion about the underworld is a lot deeper than people might realize. Oh, and yeah. As, as, as the interest even in these more conspiratorial subjects or studying criminal history and all and all of that and the dark evil satanic stuff you're mentioning that interest is is shocking me how many people are into that now and really starting to pick up mm-hmm. on it whereas even 5 years ago nobody would have even glanced at it mm-hmm. and so there's a positive side to all of this that we're going through because now we can alert people to the big scale of just how rotten and moldy this mm-hmm. old edifice has become and that's the whole point so uh, mm-hmm. thank you for Mm-hmm. Joining me on the front lines in the battle of oh, Blackface, Laura yes, Lee. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to cut yeah. it off there. Thank, I'll just All end right. the recording here, but uh, sure. we do.